standards. Can you say amen? We need to look at God's word for our standards. And, and the world is continually um, uh, influencing us. And I was thinking today, you know, our, our attitude does not need to be what doing what another Christian does. Our attitude needs to be, I want to do what Christ does. Yeah. Amen. Too many times we can get caught up. There's, it's, it's, it's a half and half. When, somebody, when somebody's doing things like Christ... Then you follow them and you admire them and you act like them. But when they're not being like Christ, then you act like Christ. You follow, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so God has called us in 2018 to a high standard. Can you say amen? And, and I want to say this right off the bat as we get into 1 Peter chapter 1. It is a pursuit. And what is a pursuit? A pursuit is something you chase after. And, and a lot of times uh, there's a chase and a pursuit of something that you might not catch. Or if you do catch it, um, the situation can change. When you think about the righteousness of God, we realize, I'm going to say this right up front, we'll never, ever be totally like Christ. It's impossible because he's perfect. God does not lie. God does not fail. God does not make mistakes, and He is our example, and so He's put a very high standard for us. How many understand that? But here's the problem sometimes. We can think, man, that standard is so high that I'm not even going to try. That's the mistake a lot of people make. It's so high, I'm not even going to try. And that's, that's not what God is calling us to do. He, he made a standard very high for us to continually pursue righteousness. Amen. Now I want to read here in 1 Peter 1, and then we're going to go to Matthew chapter 5 in a minute. And uh, let's just pray right before we read. Lord, thank you for your anointing. Thank you for every, every man and every woman, every teenager that's in this place tonight, all the kids in children's church. God, we ask you to anoint this word. Lord, let our spirits be open to it. Let our hearts be Lord, willing to understand your will and be challenged tonight on this Wednesday night. Father, we're, we're here tonight as believers and disciples, Father, wanting to learn to be like you, Lord. And we just ask you to anoint your word and let it bring forth fruit in our lives. And every spirit of the enemy that comes against us is defeated tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13 says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Let me explain that real quick before I read the rest. It, there's a picture there. Gird up the loins is, is, is a picture of if you were going through something dirty and you had uh, clothes that were uh, pants or skirt, women or whatever you're wearing that would touch the ground and you were about to go through something dirty, you would grab your pants and pull them up like this so that you would not get your pants wet or get your pants dirty as you're walking through something. How many see that picture right there? You're pulling up to get away from what is there. So what, what the picture of that is when it comes to righteousness is we understand we are in a real world and we have to walk in this world and live in this world. We cannot fly through life. We have to walk in this world. But when we come up to something that is not godly or is not clean or is not righteous or is not of God and we have to go by and we can't get around it, then we have to gird up our loins. Loins is clothes. And you pull that up so that you don't touch it. So how many see that picture as we continue to go on? He says, gird up your loins of your mind. Be sober. Rest your hope fully. Watch this. 
this is the key to the whole message, upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Somebody say grace. grace. Amen. How many are thankful for grace tonight? It is grace that allows us to even pursue righteousness. And he says, watch this, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is, say it with me, what is he? Holy. You also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. Holy. Now, here's the thing. If God says be holy, guess what that means? We can be holy. We can strive for holiness. Holiness is a consecration to God. Holiness is a setting apart of the things of God. A lot of times we struggle. I know for a lot of years I struggled trying to understand what holiness was and what righteousness is and, and, and couldn't get a grasp of of what that meant, and, and, and it seemed insurmountable sometimes. Like, I can't be like God. I can't be holy like God. He's perfect. I can't be perfect. But God is having a standard for us that He expects us to live up to, or at least try to live up to. How many of us understand that? If you don't have a standard, here's an example. If you don't have a standard, you don't have any idea where you're supposed to go. Imagine today... Now, this happens in some countries, some worse than others, but imagine today on your way here, as you drove on the freeway or on a side road to get here, if the road you were driving on had no lines, no lines to divide the two-way or the one-way of the street, no stop signs, no yield signs, no signs at all, and there was no laws and no rules and, and no speed limits, and no uh, need to have a license or any of those things, how chaotic would it be? Now, in other countries, it is chaotic. And the reason is, isn't because I've never been to a country that does not have rules. They all have rules and they all have laws. The problem is they have is upholding those laws and those rules because they don't enforce the rules. They don't enforce the laws. Or in many countries... I won't mention any. You could get pulled over and you could pay off the police officer for being speeding or whatever. Crystal, I need to change mics. Yep. I hear a crackle pop all over the place. Amen. It's never Chris's fault. Amen. How many are with me so far? Make sure I turn this off. So we have to understand that, that the lines in the road... And the stop signs and the yield sign and the speed limits are something that's telling us to control ourselves in, inside of those lines. If we don't have those standards, it's chaos. Can you imagine if God did not write in his word things he expected of us to be and expected us to do? Our lives would be chaos. And, and many of us, let me make this statement, many of us do not like laws and rules don't like to be told what to do. Don't like to be expected to be at a place at a certain time. Amen? You don't like to be told you have to come to work at a certain time and stay till a certain time. People, I know time is a huge thing for a lot of people. But God expects us to be at church at a certain time, work at a certain time. The, the place you work has those, those, those standards and expectations for you. 
imagine the world without it. That's why God gave us laws and standards and holiness and righteousness. And so he says, he says here, he says, be holy or as I'm holy, meaning be consecrated to me. Or in other words, here's what I like to say, be serious about your walk with me. Amen? Be serious about it. Take it seriously. You know, if you think about it, going back to driving, if, if there, there are many people who do not follow the laws of the road, I'm not saying that, I'm not mentioning a time where you don't realize it and you get past the speed limit. There are some people who don't even try to go the speed limit. That was a good place to say amen. Amen. Don't even try. And they just, they just drive however they want. There's a recklessness in that. There's some people who never stop at a stop sign. There's some people who have the mentality, I'm going to get through that light instead of stopping. Have you ever been sitting at a light and had somebody drive through a red light that you were sitting at? It just happened to me yesterday in the morning at Corinth Parkway where I live. Thank God nobody was coming. But I'm sitting at the light and this woman just straight through. And I don't believe that she did it on purpose. I don't know, but I almost wanted to chase her down and follow her into the bank and let her know that she ran a red light because if somebody was coming, they would have, there would have been a collision right there in front of me. Someone would have died. So that, that, that's, a, that's a reckless attitude. You know what? A lot of Christians have a reckless attitude about the things of God. We don't take it seriously. We, 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 we get saved, and, and then God begins to pull things out of us and begins to say, I want this out of you, and I want to teach you something in your character, and I, I want you to change this. I want you to change that. And we don't like change. We don't like someone expecting things of us. But God says, if you want to serve me, be holy as I am holy. And what he's saying is, be consecrated. Here's the thing. Y'all still here? Amen. It's Wednesday night, so I'm, I'm cutting some wood here. Amen. Here's the thing. God took salvation seriously. Listen, we can laugh and have fun and enjoy life and, and, and do all these things, but listen, God takes things seriously. I'm thankful tonight that we don't serve a God who has a personality that's bipolar. How many are thankful that when God says, this is what I expect, that's what he expects? There's nothing worse than trying to understand somebody and figure somebody out, and then once you figure them out, they change on you. That's the worst. I'm so thankful that God does not change. He's the same yesterday and today and forever, and his word doesn't change. His word's not going to pass away. He's the same, and he's expecting the same thing now in 2018 that he expected 5,000 years ago when he gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. He says, I take you serious. Why don't you take me serious? Amen. I took you so serious that I went to the cross for you. Will you take me seriously? Here's what happens when we don't take things seriously. When we're reckless and we get out on the road and we think, well, this stop sign's not a big deal because no one was around last time. Or this light's not a big deal because no one was there last time. Or this speed limit's not a problem because I haven't gotten a wreck yet. Especially young drivers. I have daughters who, you know, Chris Desi has been dying for a year, year and a half. It's, I pray for her every day. 
Not because she's reckless, but because she needs prayer because she's a young driver. Young drivers, they, they, they can take for granted that nothing's happened to them yet, and they get reckless. Christians get reckless because we don't hold to the standards that God has us. You know, and let me tell you something. Everything I'm saying right now it was not in my spirit or my notes. I'm just going off what the Holy Spirit's telling me. I don't know why I'm talking about the, the, the idea of cars so much, but all of a sudden when I get reckless with my driving and I get reckless with the laws that God, that sorry, the land put there to try to keep us in some order, all of a sudden what happens? A bad wreck. A bad wreck. How many have ever driven by a really, really bad wreck? You think that wreck was planned? Absolutely not. But usually that wreck happened because somebody was not abiding by the laws of the land. Now, it doesn't mean accidents can't happen. Absolutely accidents happen. Tires fly off and, and things take place and, and accidents happen. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about where we get to be reckless with the laws that the, that the land has given us, and we begin to get reckless with our walk with God. And we don't begin to take serious what he says. So he says, let's say it again. He says, as obedient children. Now the question is, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this. I want you to ask yourself this question inside your heart. As obedient children, because there's two types of people in here tonight. Two, I believe. There's one type of person that says, I'm going to try to get away with as much as I can as a Christian. I'm going to walk the line I'm going to try to push the envelope. I'm going, to try to, I'm going to try to take grace to the full extent. There's other people who say, I don't want to anywhere near that line. I want to stay as far away from those things as possible. I want to make sure I'm as close to God as possible. I want to make sure I'm as righteous with God as possible. And, and I don't want to hurt God because he did some awesome things for me. I love him and I respect him. So there's the, two, there's the two people, and maybe some fall in between. Maybe some are undecided tonight. But, you know, when you begin to talk about holiness, it's not a popular subject because people don't like to be told that they're out of line. But if you have, watch this, if you have the right heart, if you're taking notes, write that down. And if you don't write anything else down, write that. Have the right heart. Because the Bible says that God weighs the intentions of our hearts. I almost put that up there tonight for the background because I try to put something that's going to make you understand where I'm trying to go. And I almost put there that God weighs the intentions of our hearts. I want us to understand that because when you pursue righteousness, righteousness is a heart issue. Okay, it's a heart issue. It's, it's because here's why. It's impossible for me to be like God. I cannot be perfect. Yet God says, be holy as I am holy. So we can't be as perfect as him, but we can have a standard where we are constantly reaching up and trying to be like him. And as, watch this, as we're reaching up to be like him, what are we doing at the same time? We're getting further and further away from the world. We're getting further and further away from what our flesh wants to do. God knew that if he put a standard up here for us to reach for, that as we're reaching up, we cannot reach down at the same time. Amen. 
trying to find somebody that can. Danny, just stand up real quick. Put your phone out. Come here real quick. Just put your phone right there in the chair and come here real quick. I want you to reach up with that, with that, yeah, either hand. Just reach up. Try to, try to reach, yeah. Okay? Try to reach my hand. Don't jump, but you're stretching. Now, at the same time, I want you to reach down to the floor. Can't do it, right? Go ahead and reach down to the floor. Now reach up here. You can't do both at the same time. If you are reaching, thank you, if you are reaching for God's standard of holiness, I can't be busy with the world. I can't be messing around with the world at the same time. I'm reaching up so I don't look down. And God says, I I need you up here. I need you to focus up here. I need you to have your mind set on things above, not on things below. And church, I'm telling you, we, we have a world today, and I talked about this recently, in a church world who wants to be more and more like the world and less and less like God. They don't say it, but their actions do. We don't want to be like that. We need to be like Christ. We need to be pursuing righteousness. You cannot go two directions at the same time. Amen. You cannot go two directions at the same time. So if you are pursuing righteousness, you are leaving behind flesh and the world and unrighteousness. But if you stop pursuing righteousness, then you're facing the other direction. Now there's going to be days or moments that that happens. Moments of weakness. Moments where the flesh overcomes you and you make a mistake. Moments where you're not at your best. God understands that. That's where that word grace comes in. Thank God for grace. But he's telling us here, be holy as I am holy. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 5. And again, to reiterate that again, what he's basically saying is what? Be serious, be consecrated to my walk as I'm serious with you. How many know God is going to go all the way to the end with us? Like the saying that's so true, he will, he will love us all the way to hell. People, people choose to go to hell because they disobey God. They don't want to, don't want to go to heaven. I, I've, I've always said this. I believe it. Nobody's going to be in heaven that doesn't want to be there. But lots of people are going to be in hell because they chose the things of this world over what God said continuously over and over again because they loved, the Bible says, this world more than they loved God. And that's what you got to ask yourself. I can't answer that for you. You can't answer for me. Where's my heart at? Do I love God with all my mind, all my soul, all my strength, and all my spirit, and my body, and my thoughts? Or do I love God halfway? You can't answer for that for me. I can't answer that for you. But we need to be in a pursuit of God's righteousness, of his righteousness, of his perfection, and not just in some things, but in everything. Let's read from, I want, I want to read quite a few verses if you'll just, just be with me tonight, amen? Matthew chapter 5. Now as we read this, I'm going to read the standard of God. And I'm going to tell you before we read it, it's way up there. It's unattainable. Can you imagine if I told you tonight that I believed that I could high jump into heaven? Would anybody believe me? I couldn't even high jump over this pulpit right now. 
let alone high jump into heaven. It would be impossible if God said, in a certain way, God's saying, I want you to jump up here to heaven to make it up to me. That's the standard he put. It's impossible. But he wants us to try. He wants us to jump. He wants us to try. That's, that's what he's, that, I, one of the things I, I'll never forget from my pastor, it's stuck with me a lot of years, was he said, if you reach for the stars, you will not come up with a, hand, with a fistful of mud. Reach for the stars. Okay? So here's what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 5. Give me an amen if you're at verse 20. He knew, right before I read this, he knew that the Pharisees and Sadducees were works-oriented. Meaning they believed that they were good enough and, and did enough righteous things they could get into heaven. But how many know that when he was rebuking them, he was rebuking them because they were not good enough, because they were not good enough in their hearts. He was always rebuking them for their hearts. So verse 20, I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You've heard that it was said to those of old, listen closely, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. Whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar, go your way and be reconciled first to your brother and then come and offer your gift. I hope you're either looking at the Bible or listening. I hope you're not uh, daydreaming and thinking about tomorrow. This is important. Agree with your adversary quickly while you're on the way with them, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge. The judge hand you over to the officer, and you'll be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. Now, before I read on, Remember, this is, this is the standard that we would have to hold up to without Jesus. Okay, this is God's holy standard, meaning perfection. Who, has not, who, has, who here could honestly say in their heart they've never been mad at somebody? If you said, That's, no, I've never been mad, then you would be right into the lying one. Amen. That, that's why uh, that, that ministry is so powerful with Kurt Cameron, they go out called the way of the master, and they talk to people on the streets, and they say, have you ever lied? You ever looked at a woman with lust in your eyes? You ever gotten mad at somebody? You ever asked these, and everybody in their honesty has to say, of course I've lied. Of course I've gotten angry. Of course, and he's, he's taking them through the Ten Commandments, and he shows them that according to the Ten Commandments, they are lost. We are all lost in here according to the Ten Commandments, if we can't fulfill it all. Okay? That's what, that's what Jesus is trying to show here. Now verse 27. And here's a perfect example. He says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you 
that one of your members would perish, then your whole body be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish, than your whole body be cast into hell. How many know Jesus is not literally telling us to cut our arms off and pluck our eyes out? What he's literally saying is take my word serious. Don't mess around with the the blood of my son. Don't do these things on purpose when you know they're wrong. Don't abuse the laws that I've placed down before you as something that is to protect you and to keep that chaotic accident from happening. Amen. Look at some of the dumb mistakes you've made tonight and look at how you could have been you could have avoided them if you would have used God's common sense. Right? He warned us about, don't do that. You know, you tell the kid, don't touch the oven. What do they do? And then what? It burns. It hurts. Would have been wiser just not touch it. Right? But then you got to have that pain. So how many are following me so far? God is saying, God is saying, be serious as I am serious. Is that helping anybody with the word holy? Just, just to, just to kind of grasp it better. I can't be perfect, but I can be serious about it. I can, I can try to do this to the very best of my ability, and that's what God is looking for. He's looking for me to do it from my heart. How many, how many know that the thing you want in a relationship is someone to be real with you? You don't want them to lie to your face. You just want someone to tell you the, to be real with you and tell you the truth. God just wants us to be real with him. Amen. He knows we cannot live up to his perfect standard, But how do you think he feels when we don't try? Can I say that again? How do you think he feels when we don't try? Or we try to cross the line. Or we try to play this game with God like we did with our parents when we were your kids, right? They draw the line in the sand and you get real close. Don't cross this line. You step up to it, right? That's not the attitude that we should have as children of God. We should should get to a place where we say, man, God, you love me so much. You trust me so much. I'm going to stay away from that because there's a reason why you're telling me not to do it. We look at rules the wrong way. I don't like rules. I don't like rules. I don't like rules. If you don't like rules, you're unruly. Honestly. Honestly. There's a lot of people in prison today because they didn't like rules. And guess what? Now they wake up to rules all day long. Ain't that interesting? Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Well, go visit prison. They tell you when to wake up. They tell you when to go to the bathroom. They tell you when to eat. They tell you when you can go outside. Come on. So, so relate that to our lives. Okay, God, I'm going to trust you a little bit and understand that you're telling me this for a reason. You want me to pursue righteousness, not because I'm able to, but because you're keeping me from a lot of pain. Because you know what's best for me. And you want me to be happy. And sin hurts. Sin kills. Sin destroys. How many are still with me? So he says, oh, I, I've, never, I've never touched a woman. I've never, he says, if you look at her with lust in your eyes, 
He gets to the, he, what is he doing there? He's getting to the heart of it. We try to, I've never touched nobody. I've, your heart did it. Your heart's wrong. That's what Jesus is saying. Your heart's wrong. I need, I need you. Why do you think God says you must be born again? Because our heart is deceitful, Jeremiah, Jeremiah says. Amen? All right. I, I got some more I needed to read there, but I'm not going to have time to read all of it. I'm going to give you homework to read the rest of Matthew 5. He goes on to talk about marriage. He goes on to talk about your yes be yes, your no be no. He goes on to talk about uh, going down to 38, that you, you let's read 38. You, you heard it said that an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but I tell you not to resist evil, that evil person. Whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. Oh, we don't like that one. If anyone wants to sue you, take your tunic, let him have your cloak also. Whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him what he asks of you, and from, and, and, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. He's not saying just just be unwise. He's saying, understand that there's a heart behind all these things. He says, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Thank you for that one amen. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what what are you more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Watch this, verse 48. Therefore, you shall be, can somebody shout that out? Perfect. Just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Well, I just can't. I just quit tonight, Pastor, because I can't, I can't do that. I quit. I quit. I can't do it. There's no way I could live up to all that. If he says be perfect, he's, that means he could help us be perfect. Amen. He could help us to be perfect, to be blameless, to be righteous, there's a pers- but you have to be in a pursuit, meaning you're chasing it. You're chasing righteousness. Now go back just a little bit to Matthew 5. They're still in the beginning, and watch this. I want to close with this. This is really important. How many are still here? How many are thankful for good, straightforward preaching? Challenges, amen? Try- trying to live like God wants us to live, amen? Watch this. Verse 3. Chapter 5, many of you know this. This is going to make sense more now possibly. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now watch 8. This is the key of the whole message. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for what? Righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What is he saying there? He's saying those are things that have a reward cannot continue to act the way you used to act. God says, 
That's how you used to be. We read that in 1 Peter. Don't be like you used to be. Be like me. He's the example. Can we ever be like Jesus totally? Go to the cross? Die on the cross for somebody else? No sins? No. But we can try to be like him in every way possible. And guess how God's going to grade us? On our hearts. Am I trying? Am I trying? That's, that's a question only you can answer, only I can answer. God says, take, take me serious. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 7. Is one last verse. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1. Give me an amen when you're there. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, Here's the key. Let us cleanse ourselves from all the filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Remember, holiness is consecrated to God, set apart to God meaning I'm trying my very best to pull my pants up off the ground so I don't get mud on them. I might get a little bit of mud on me when I'm walking through, but I'm not just kicking the mud and getting the dirt all over me. I'm trying not to get, I'm trying to keep this world off me. There's going to be times when the world gets on you. Attitude, disobedience, whatever. But you shake that off. Get it off. You don't, you don't keep it on. You, you take it to the laundry. You take it to the altar. You say, God, I don't want that attitude. That's not a godly attitude. I don't want to hate that person. There's going to be people that hate you. There's going to be people that talk about you. There's going to be people that say things to you that are mean and wrong. And you got to you got to ask yourself, what am I am I going to fight fire with fire or am I going to defeat them with love? That's that's the question you have to ask for yourself. Because I want to be the most like God that I can be. I want to be the least like the devil that I can be. Amen. But where does that come from? Does it come from the way, I, the way I dress? No, it comes from the heart. I know a lot of people who dress a certain way, and they're wicked on the inside. And I know some of their names were Pharisees and Sadducees. That's the kind of people Jesus rebuked. They looked good on the outside. Now, now listen, I believe with all my heart that when you have it right on the inside, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show on the outside. It's going to show on the outside. Amen. There's going to be evidence on the outside. But don't think that the, what you wear or the facade that you put on is going to fool anybody. Definitely not going to fool God. If I'm in a pursuit, you know who can tell if you're in a pursuit of righteousness tonight? There's only one person in this whole place outside of God, and that's you. You can only answer that question. Are you pursuing righteousness? Are you pursuing righteousness? Meaning, are you serious about your walk with God? How many understand what I'm saying tonight? I answer that question for myself. You answer that question for yourself. Don't get, that's why the Bible said don't get entangled. Don't get weighed down. We talked about that at the youth camp. Don't get weighed down with things that will keep you from pursuing righteousness. And, and remember the picture tonight of Danny reaching up. 
That's God's expectation for us, to reach up. Knowing will never touch his hand in the sense of holiness. Never. We'll never get there. But I'm trying, God. I'm trying. I don't, I'm trying my very best to, to live a life that's pleasing to you, that's holy and righteous, and, and, and it's according to your word. And when I find out, I mean, listen, how many, how many have ever been doing something and you didn't realize, honest to God, especially if you're a new believer, you did not know that was wrong. And all of a sudden the word showed you like, man, I didn't know I shouldn't have been doing that. Or, and sometimes it's not the drinking, smoking, drugs and things like that. Sometimes it's an attitude. Man, I didn't know that. And the Holy Spirit convicts you and you say, man, that, I didn't realize. And that didn't, that's, that, I don't want to do that anymore, God. I don't want to do that anymore. And then you know what? Six months down the road, that thing might come back and you might make a mistake at it again. But what do you do then? God, I didn't realize that. I'm sorry. We talked about that. I don't want to do that. That's where you confess to the Lord. I'm sorry for that. I made a mistake that, that trapped me. I, and, then, and then you know what happens a lot of times? You can look that you, you began to head the wrong direction and you started to make those mistakes again. You weren't pursuing righteousness. You were feeding the flesh. What's living tonight in your life? What are you feeding tonight in your life? Are you feeding the flesh or are you feeding the spirit? We got we to be seeking the things of God because this world will pull on you. It'll pull on you every day. Lust will pull on you. Pride will pull on you. Anger will pull on you. Jealousy will pull on you. All kinds of things will pull on you. And you got to push them off. No, 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 no. That's not, uh-uh. Not letting that get on me. Nope. Nope. Let me, let me, get, let me get away from here. Let me, let me cut my hand off real quick. Sometimes that's cutting off a relationship. Let me pluck my eye out. Sometimes that's stop looking at the thing that you keep falling into. Why you keep picking the phone up and looking at it if it keeps trapping you? Amen. Put the thing down for a few minutes. Can I get a better amen? Some of y'all need to go on fast, a long fast from social media. Social media has some of you. I don't know who you are. Maybe, maybe there's nobody in here. But if you, can't, if you can't put that phone down for five minutes, something's wrong. Amen. Are you pursuing the things of God? Oh, I just can't seem to get it right. Well, are you pursuing God or are you pursuing the things of the world? Because whatever you pursue, that's what's going to get your attention. And I'm telling you, I don't care what anybody says, God takes this thing seriously. Real serious. And that's not in a condemning way. That's in a church, he, be holy as I am holy. It's been written for 2,000 years. It's not going to change. Amen. It's a standard. Let's pray tonight. Father, we realize I'll never, ever be able to be perfect, literally. I'll never be able to touch perfection as I strive and reach up. But Lord, the blessing and the salvation and the righteousness is in the pursuit that I'm striving, that I'm looking up, that I'm trying, that I'm seeking. You said if, if I'm hungry and thirsty for righteousness, I'll be filled. You, you, I was reading last night, Lord, that 
or this morning, you're not going to give me a stone if I ask for bread. If I'm honestly trying to live a life holy and acceptable to you, you're not, you're not trying to trick me. You love me. You want the best for me. And Lord, you put things in, in place to keep us in line so that there wouldn't be chaos just like the lines on the road and the signs on the road and the speed limits and all these different things to try to keep us in some kind of order. That's how you're doing with your word. You're trying to cause us to go forward and not off to the side and fall into a ditch and get in a wreck and head-on collision. Lord, these sins will take us further than we want to go. Keep us longer than we want to stay. Sometimes, God, if we don't get serious about things, you'll take us, the sin will take us away from you. Because you're a holy God. And that's a fact, Father. You're a holy God. And you're a righteous God. And tonight I ask, Lord, that you'd help me pursue you and pursue righteousness from my heart. Knowing I'm going to make mistakes, knowing I'm going to fall short, but Lord, I'm going to try my very best in the spirit that you've given me, the, the spirit of Christ that lives within me. That's why your word says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And Lord Jesus, you said in your word that if I'm tempted, you'll give me a way out. You'll always give me a way out, Father. And Lord, no temptation has overtaken man that cannot be overtaken by us in prayer and power and self-control. Tonight, I pray, Lord, as we're praying to you and seeking your face, that, Lord, this would be a message of challenge. Just like I said Sunday, it's easy in the middle of summer to get out of line, to get lazy, to not take serious the things of God. You're a holy God, and you're not going to change because the world changes. Your standard is the same. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. All over this place tonight, his heads are bowed and eyes are closed in reverence to God. How many tonight would say, Pastor, I am not saved. I am not born again. If I tried to make it into heaven on my own merit, I know I'd fall short. If I stood before a holy God tonight, what would I say? How would, what would my answer be? The Bible says that your answer is the blood of Jesus. Your answer is that he took your place. He became that perfect lamb and shed his blood on the cross for your sins so that you could put your faith in him and put your, your salvation of eternity in him. We're not saved by our works. We're saved by grace. So we can't boast in our goodness. This isn't a, a message about boasting in our goodness. This is a message about being thankful for his goodness. Trying to please God in every way that I can. Pursuing righteousness. Trying to be holy as he is holy. If you're here and you've never said that prayer, you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never surrendered to him, I want to pray for you tonight. Just say, here I am. Would you pray for me? Just put your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. That's me. I need Jesus. I need Jesus in my heart tonight. Let's stand to our feet. Amen. We're going to open up the altars. Where's your heart tonight?